Someone said this, I don't know who it was, but I love this quote. It says, happiness, happiness is the art of making a bouquet of those flowers within reach. Happiness is the art of making a bouquet of those flowers within reach. Today I'm going to do part three of ten things to remember, and we will get to the end of this at some stage. <laughs> D.L. Moody said, the scriptures are we're not given to increase our knowledge, but to change our lives. And we've been looking at some scriptures that if, if understood and applied, will hold you and I in good stead as we face the challenges of 2023, of which there have been uh, been a few already, as you know. We've just got over COVID and just going through all that, but there's been a few challenges already as we've entered into the new year. So here's a, here's a quick review and some things new of the um, things we've talked about so far. So I'm just going to go through the first uh, six before we jump and just do a quick review with some things new in it as well. So number one, we've talked about this. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Whatever you face or are facing, whatever challenges you will have in this year, his grace is sufficient. Jesus said it. It's written in red. My grace is sufficient for you. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. I love what Thomas Kemper says. They travel lightly whom God's grace carries. Let God's grace carry you. Number two, do not worry. Jesus said, do not worry about your life. Philippians, Paul says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Let your requests be known or be made known to God. In other words, don't panic, pray. Don't panic, pray. Number three, fear not. God's not given us, we know in 1 Timothy 1 verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. So, so when, you, when, when, when fear becomes a part of our life, we've got to understand that's not from God. We just, it can be a part of our lives, but it's not from God. Don't say that's from God. We've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And I, I, I want to remind you again today, if you're going to fear anything, fear God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, remember, our security is not found in the absence of danger. You will have things in your life that are risky and sometimes dangerous or feel like, man, I'm, I'm under threat. But, but our security is not found in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. That's where our security is found. He who fears God, listen, has nothing else to fear. He who fears God has nothing else to fear. Number four, be strong and courageous. What, what, what is courage? Courage is simply this fear that said its prayers. Fear that said its prayers. Someone said this, bravery is not the absence of fear, but rather the mastery of it. Bravery is not the absence, or you could say courage as well. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the mastery of it. You're going to go to new levels in God, there's always going to be new devils. There's always going to be things that come against you, and especially when you try and step out for God, like you, you try and do something for God. I'm just in, oh, pastor, I tried to do something for God. Now I'm under all this attack. Why this happened? Well, exactly, because you're trying to step up and, and into a new level. There's going to be a new devil that comes against you. You've got to understand, it's just how life works. Number five, build on the rock. These are all online. You can check it out. Number five, build on the rock. We're not to be a people who just live with our head in the clouds, but with our feet on the rock. Can I hear an amen from the church? Jesus said this, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, not just hears people hear, they don't do. They, and, and, and that's like looking in the mirror and then, then forgetting what you, you actually look like. Everyone then who hears, that's according to the book of James, everyone 
then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Uh, 15th century reformer and theologian John Calvin said this, we cannot rely on God's promises without obeying his commandments. Ouch. We cannot rely on God's promises without obeying his commandments. We need to hear and do. Devotional writer Oswald Chambers, who wrote, wrote my, the famous devotional, many people read it, even still today, my utmost for his highest. He said this, and I think this is so true. The best measure of a spiritual life is not its ecstasies, but its obedience. So what's he meaning? The, the best measure of a spiritual life is not the warm fuzzies, but it's our obedience to his word. It's living that out in a practical, life-giving way. Revivalist Vance Havner said this, what our Lord said about cross-bearing and obedience is not in fine type. It is in bold print on the face of the contract. It's not hidden. God makes it clear. We're to hear and obey. Number six, get vision. We talked about get, getting a, an eternal perspective. Get vision. We're to be a people who have an eternal perspective. In 2 Corinthians 4, I didn't read this out then, but it just reminds us. I want to read it out to you today. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. See, see, when you're basing your life on things just here and now, it's easy to lose heart. But when you have an eternal perspective, things look different. So therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly are wasting away. I don't know how you get. The older I get, I feel like I'm wasting away. When I try to get out of a chair... It's like, anybody else with me? It's like every time the, the worship leader says, stand up, you're like, oh, okay, here we go. Hallelujah. Help me out, Jesus. You know, the older I get, any, anybody, you're hitting 30 now, and it's just, amen, amen moment. Amen. The rest of you are just too tired to lift their arms. It's just going, it's like, man, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle. Though outwardly wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And this is how it describes our, our life and with all the pain and all the suffering and all the struggles and all that, as it says, for our light and momentary troubles and the light of eternity. It's not minimizing. It's talking about in the light of eternity. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory. Thank you. We're glad they're achieving something. Amen. When we're going through it, they're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them also, what do we do? So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Meaning this, every great kingdom, every great empire that's ever been, it's gone. Oh, this will never, this will never go. No, no, it's gone. We're going to have an eternal perspective. We need to see things from an eternal perspective. What is unseen remains forever. 15th century reformer Martin Luther said this, I would not give one moment of heaven for all the joy and riches in the world, even if it lasted for thousands of years. Martin Luther had an eternal perspective, and so should we. Listen, the world is our passage, not our portion. It's our passage, not our portion. Number seven, things to remember. Here we are, number seven, new for today. Learn contentment. Learn contentment. Now, I'm not saying here I could have put be content, but I'm not because I, if you're like me, 
I, I, I'll try and be content, but I, I know I still wrestle with that. We need to learn contentment. I, I understand in my life, I'm still learning how to walk in contentment. So I, I want to say this. If your personal happiness, if your personal happiness is reliant on what's happening, I'll say it again. If your personal happiness is reliant on what's happening, on that which is external, can I just say, you will find that happiness, for the most part, will elude you. When happiness is only found in happenings, can I just say, it's a shallow pool that will never satisfy one's thirst. Uh, some preacher wrote, uh, a, superficial, uh, a superficial happiness is one of hell's greatest exports. Just trying to, oh, I just want to be happy. No, no, we've got to understand that our happiness and our joy is found where? It's found in Christ. Because the things of this life will never satisfy, and some of you have discovered that all already. When happiness is only found in happenings, it is a shallow pool that will never satisfy. And we know this. You, you've been around for uh, a, a while, you know, that... that Feeling of, if I, if I could only get that job, if I could only get that job, then I will be happy. If I could only get this salary, my salary is this. If I could only get this salary, then I'd be happy. Oh, if, I, if, if, if only I could get this amount of followers, followers on TikTok or, or Snapchat. If, I, if, only I could get, if only I could be this and then I could be an influencer or something. <laughs> then I will find happiness. If I could get this many friends on Facebook, they're not your friends. They don't even know you. I'll follow you if you follow me. I just want to say, follow Jesus. Come on, somebody say, follow, follow Jesus. Don't, fo don't fo follow Jesus. If I could only buy this, if I could only get that car, or that Harley Davidson. The Lord speak. I feel the Lord know. <laughs> but, but we have this right if I could only, if I could only go there then, then I'd be, be happy the problem is you take you with you wherever you go <laughs> that's a problem just go there we went to Milford Sound this week it was awesome it was incredible all are inspired if you haven't been there go go there not now but but <laughs> But I'll tell you, it was good for the soul. Even going there, it was, it was good for the soul. But once it was done, it was done. In fact, sometimes in life, the build-up to going somewhere is more exciting than when you get there itself. So it talks about the pursuit of happiness and the constitution. Why? Because happiness is elusive. It's the pursuit of happiness. I'll tell you, once it went, well, it, it, did me, it did us good going there. It was a great, a great time. But once it was done, it was like, what's next? What's the, if you're looking for happiness and happenings, there's always going to be, well, that's done. What's next? That didn't do it. What's next? And my happiness and well-being, as I'm sure yours too, you would understand, I hope is, is not going to be reliant on what is happening as, as an awe-inspiring as Milford Milford was, listen, what am I saying? I'm saying, if chasing experiences, fame and fortune, in the hope that it will make 
one happy, I, I just want to say it, will remain elusive. You know, again, if, if I can just meet him. Oh, if I could just, oh, he's so, if I could just meet him, then I'll be happy. If I could just marry her, then I'll be happy. <laughs> stay on, side, stay on. You know, some of you, you, you've discovered that's not how it works. Because remember, sit all down in the front, security, remove her. That's not how it works, right? It's not how, 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 how it works because dating's fake, right? Because cause, cause you always look perfect when you're dating, right? We've talked about this. You always, you always put your best foot forward. And, and of course, you know, when you get married, you have the honeymoon and then, and then, and then you wake up the next morning and the person's next to you and you go, who are you? Because they're here, their breath is terrible. Their hair looks like they've been electrocuted. Come on, who knows? Who wants to admit it? You know, you're, 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 you know when, when you're dating, if, you, if, you, if, you, if your girlfriend coughs, you're like, well, you're okay. <laughs> After you've been married and they cough, you're like, can you stop it? I'm watching the show. <laughs> you're interfering with my show. I can't, can you go in the bedroom? Because your coughing is driving me up the wall. Come on, is there any honest men in the house? Come on, just... <laughs> some of you just don't with your chickens. <laughs> or some of you are married and you're going, well, if I just had another... If I just went out, if I just watched this, oh, you know, nobody's else around. If I just do, and we think that'll satisfy, it will never satisfy. Just telling you, you, if you, if that's where you're looking, it will never satisfy. I want to say to singles here today, you're not half a person. I just want to find someone to complete me. You're not incomplete. Christ completes you. You are complete in Him. You're not half a person. Thank you for that one single person who quite that. Like, thank, you. thank you for telling me that. Thank you. Listen, there are there are things that fill the soul. You're going to bushwalk a sun, sunset. You know, jet skiing. You know, Kate put a picture of paddling on a lake. It was beautiful. I said, like, "Where is that?" It's like it looks amazing. There are things that are fun and fuel uh, uh, fuel the soul. I, you, you know, I ride a motorcycle. It's it, it's fun. It's good for my soul it's satisfying until it breaks down <laughs> until the gear shifter falls off like it did the other day on transmission gully and i'm trying to ride and i'm stuck in one gear because when you ride harley's you want to look cool but when you when you're riding the harley and it's stuck in one gear and i don't know what it, and you're going on trans and there's nowhere to pull off and you're emptying you're just running on fumes it's not that sort of wrecks the mood right i say it sort of wrecks the Mood. And so speaking of moods, here's what I want to say. It's important to understand that true happiness has more to do with what's happening in you than what's happening to you and around you. Happiness is an inside job. And that's why it's important for us to learn contentment. Yeah, we all want to be content, but we need to learn it. Pastor and author A.W. Tozer said this. He said, the reason we have to search for so many things to cheer us up is the fact that we are not really joyful and contentedly happy within. Wow. The Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 6, 
as he was teaching his son in the Lord, Timothy, about the deceitfulness of riches and the challenges of poverty, he says this. He says, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Because I think it's, it's difficult to be content without godliness, especially if you're a believer. If you want to live your life however you want, you can. But, but, but I want to say, as a Christian, to, 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 we need to live godly. And it's in that, that, that contentment. That godliness with contentment is great gain. In Philippians, the apostle Paul expands this thought. He goes on and he says this. He says, I know what it is. I know what it is. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have struggled. I know what it is to not have enough. I know what it is to, be, to have lack, to have lost, to being rejected, to being despised. I know, I know what it is. I know what it's like to have a bad day. I know what it's like to, to, to miss something. He's like, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have, have plenty. And then he says, I have learned the secret. I have learned the secret. We're learning contentment. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. Here, here's the answer. Here's, here's how he does it. I can do all things through Christ, through him, through God, who gives me strength. Again, this just reminds me of his grace is sufficient, that we don't have to be anxious, that we, can, we don't have to worry. We, 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 can, we can understand this. I can do all things through him. He gives me strength. And in this passage in, that speaks about the secret of contentment, it's, it's, I want you to know that it's the same passage that Paul, there's a lot in that passage in chapter, chapter 4. It's the same chapter where Paul's it says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. We used to sing that when we were new uh, Christians. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. That stop. <laughs> but you know it. Rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. We used to sing it. We used to sing it all the time. We, we, we forget it. Rejoice in the Lord always. He, he says that same chapter, same chapter. This is the same chapter where he says, where Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is important. Thanksgiving, thanking God. Thanking God, thanking God. For all that you have. Well, man, I'm just uh, on struggle street. Things are tough. I want to tell you, I want to tell you, you're some of the richest people in the world. You're in, the, you're in the like top percent of the richest people in the world. I mean, we even have whole rooms where we just park cars in. We have whole, whole closets that are just, we, we can walk into them and go, we've got nothing to wear. I mean, we have, we have that. We are some of the richest people in the world. Well, there's a lot to be thankful for. Got a roof over your head, food on your table. Thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's the same passage that, 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 where Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What do you think about? Oh, this is so dumb, man. My life's so tough. No, no, no. Don't stop thinking. Don't have stinking thinking. Change your thinking. Paul's like, whatever, 
whatever's good, think about those things. Well, it's easy for him to say, Paul doesn't understand my situation. He doesn't understand what he's going through. And no, he doesn't, but God does. Paul doesn't understand what you're going through. But here's, here's, here's the thing. We don't know. Paul doesn't know what you're going through, but we know what he was going through. We know that. We, you, you've got to understand, we do know his situation. Understand, when he's writing this, he's not writing from the penthouse suite of the Jerusalem Hotel. He's not writing from the Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem Hilton Hotel. He's not writing from the suite of the Jerusalem Hilton Hotel. Where's he writing from? He's writing from jail. He's under arrest. He's locked up. He's doing time. What was his crime? That he's doing time? Preaching the gospel. He's in chains for the gospel. He was in jail when he wrote this. He's wearing his ankle bracelet. He's in chains for the gospel. If you're going, did they have ankle bracelets back then? No, they didn't. That was just for those. Paul is a prisoner. Paul is a prisoner. And so Paul isn't just talking theory here. He is speaking from practical experience. Now, look, I don't use the Message Bible often as it's not an actual translation. It's really a personal interpretation of the text. And, but I think Eugene Peterson captures the essence of what Paul is saying in this passage in everyday language. He says, actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much. With much as with little. I found the recipe for being happy. Whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. It's about knowing Christ. Paul here, I think, is saying the secret sauce, the recipe to contentment, to being happy, is not ultimately found in external happenings, but in knowing Christ. From Christ, I know who and whose I am. And that's why I was saying, even with worship before and turning up at church, listen, if, you, if you're t coming to church, and, and it's an important thing to understand, if you're coming to church to make you happy, you've missed it. You've missed it. We come to make God happy. Uh, it's a good place to say amen. Please, somebody help me out. It, we come to make him, him happy. It's not about making us happy. Nathan Finocchio, he talked, he did a video on this. He talked, that's like Christian Buddhism. Where we're, we're going, it's about me. It's about I'm the center of this. It's about God, I come to church because he just, oh, I just feel so good. It's not about how you, we, we want God to go, I'm going to inhabit the praises of these people. It's not about who we are. It's about who he is. Very important to understand that because if you miss that and you make church about you and about how you feel, because anyway, we're not even meant to walk by feelings. Sometimes I feel dumb. Some, some, okay. Sometimes I feel like, what I mean to say is that sometimes I feel like I, you know, I don't feel like worshiping or whatever. And maybe you come in today, it's like you, you had a fight on the way, way to church. With your wife or husband or whoever, and you had a fight and you turned up in the door, and you don't feel like it. We, well, the thing is, we don't walk by our feelings, we walk by faith. Faith. 
and what Christ has done. So when we turn up here, like I say, we're priests. We understand it. We're priests. We come here. We're priests ready to give our best worship. Doesn't matter what night we had. Doesn't matter how we, uh, you know, that that didn't work out. We had a fight in the way. No, I'm coming. I'm bringing my best worship. So I'm here to minister unto the Lord. That's why we do it. It's important that we, we understand that. So I'm not trying to hurt anyone or whatever. I'm just, just saying, if you want to live a, a Christ-centered life, we understand that his happiness, not ours, is of primary importance. And it's in him as we serve him that we will find the joy of the Lord is our strength, that His grace is sufficient no matter what we go, for, go, go through. Again, it's just having an eternal perspective of why we're doing what we're doing. Bishop Joseph Hall said this, A happy man is he that knows the world and cares not for it. A happy man is he that knows the world and cares not for it. We need to learn contentment. It's not easy, but it can be learned. Matthew Henry, the writer of the commentary of the Bible, he, he said this, He is much happier that is always content, though he has ever so little, than he that is always coveting, though he has ever so much. Contentment makes poor men rich. Discontentment makes rich men poor. When you compare and think about, well, they have that and why don't I have that? I, I want to tell you, it just robs you. Contentment makes poor men rich. Discontent makes rich men poor. Stuart Briscoe said this, the Christian, here's what's important. You want to learn contentment. The Christian for us, Please understand, the Christian should have a gratitude attitude. The Christian should have a gratitude attitude. I want to ask today, do you? Do you? Again, true happiness has more to do with what's happening in you than what's happening to you. It's an inside job. And like I said, wherever we go, wherever we go, if I could just be there, I'll be happy. I can just go there. If I can just find this, if I can, listen. And that's what I said. Wherever we go, we take ourselves with us. All of our baggage, all of our hurts, all of our attitudes, we take ourselves. We think, if I can just get there, then I'll be okay. Now, if you're not okay here, you won't be okay there. Wherever we go, we take ourselves with us. We take our moods, we take our attitudes. And, and really, I'm just asking which, I guess the challenge is, which one of the seven dwarfs are we? Are we grumpy? Or are we happy? And the thing is, we can choose. We can choose. That's why we've got to have a gratitude attitude. We can choose. We can choose. Gia put this thing on Instagram on Friday, and I just copied it, but it was a man who had been challenged by his wife because he was having a, a grumpy day. He was being grumpy. And his wife said, did you just say Jeremy then? Did you? Oh, right, okay, I thought you said... Oh, right, okay. No, Reuben said Jeremy. It was Jeremy's nice. We love you, Jeremy. But this is what, 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 what the guy said. This is what my wife challenged me. She, she said, did you have a hard day? Because he'd been grumbling all day. Did you have a hard day or did you have a hard five minutes that you milked all day? Come on, somebody. Oh, 
Now, if you've got a picture of somebody in your mind and they're sitting next to you right now, just, just watch. Just watch your attitude. But sometimes we can milk it, right? We can just we can milk it. But we can change it. We can change it. We can change it. Dennis Prager, an Orthodox Jew, he's written books on happiness. He runs PragerU, but he said, we owe it to the world to live happy. For, for the sake of the world, we owe it to the world to live happy. And he's like, what's your mood? What's your mood? Because he's like, if it's bad, just change it. Get a gratitude attitude. And we can change it, right? We can change it. We know we can change it. We, we, we can change The other, other day we were upstairs and there, there was a ring, our doorbell went off and I don't want to answer it because everybody who comes is for Anita anyway. And, and so I was like to Anita, I was like, can you, can you go down and answer that? And she's like, no, can you go and answer? I'm not ready to go down. I was like, no, can you go down and answer it? Well, then we start having this fight, right? We start having this fight. This is what goes on in our house. It was nobody in this room, just to be clear on, on who's knocking on the door. But I'm like, I can't see who it is. It's probably someone for you. And then I've got to walk down the stairs and then I've got to open it. And then I'm, 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 I'm like, then I've got to walk back up again and go, it's for you. And so I'm getting mad. And she's like, no, can you go down? And then she starts laughing at me because I'm being a twit. And, 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 and then she, she's, like, she's laughing. She's cracking up on the, on the floor. She's literally walking around like this laughing. And whoever's standing at the door is just like, this is awkward. So I'm like, no, you go down. And I'm like, Reuben, you go down and get it. And Reuben comes out in his underpants. I was like, Reuben, don't go down and get it. <laughs> and then I go down, and it wasn't anybody for Anita. It was some person who needed help with something, and it wasn't someone from church. And I opened the door. But here's the thing. I could change my mood. I'm, I'm like, I'm furious. I go down to the door. Hi. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. You've done exactly the same thing. I knew it. You do exactly the same. Yeah. But the thing is, you can change your mood just like that. Come on. You can change it. You can change it. You can change it. Have a gratitude attitude. Author and inspirational writer C. Illustrate said, he who forgets the language of gratitude can never be on speaking terms with happiness. He who forgets the language of gratitude can never be on speaking terms with happiness. See, the Bible teaches us, and this is important, the Bible teaches us, nearly done, the Bible teaches us to be content with what we have, but never with what we are. Content with what we have, but never with what we are. We can do better. You can do better. We can learn contentment. We can learn it. We can't always be it, but we can learn it. Happiness is the art of making a bouquet of those flowers within reach. What's within reach for you? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today. Father, with thankful hearts, we're, we're filled with gratitude, actually, of all that you've done for us and us. We know life's been tough and there's been some curveballs, there's been some devastating things that have, we've had to journey through, yet we have food on our table. You're still on the throne. 
We don't minimize any of those things. We don't belittle them. We just understand that in the eternal perspective, you've got the whole world as the song goes in your hand. So Lord, help us to learn contentment. Just as Paul did in any and every situation. Wherever and whenever. Help us to live a life that is found in you. That the joy of the Lord would be our strength. That you would be our peace. Lord, we acknowledge today that our happiness does not come from happenings. But from what you have accomplished on the cross, that we can know you, God. So God, we we just love you today. We know also that you did not come just to You did not come to make us happy. You came to make us holy through what Christ has done. As Annette said before, we we, we can stand in that knowing that you've taken care of business. We can stand in your righteousness and know your favor and goodness today because that brings joy. So help us learn to Walk contented, be contented in our lives. And everyone said, Amen. Would you stand? Can we give a clap offering to our King? He's worthy. Thank you, Jesus. If you need prayer for anything, there's a prayer station off to the side there, and uh, people will pray. With you, let me pray a blessing over you today. And just before I do that, just again, if you if you haven't given your life to Christ, right now, even in this moment, say, God, I, I, I surrender my life to you. If you're here and you're going, well, I'm not good enough yet. I'm, I need to be, friend, the gospel is not about how bad you are. It's about how good God is. It's about him. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. You can know Him today. Give your life to Him. Just say, God, I I surrender to you. Even now, as I'm even speaking this, surrender your life to Him. Say, be King of my life, be Lord of my life. Lead me and direct my path. And see what God will do. Stretch your hands out. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'd be content if you could buy me a cup of coffee, please. (laughs) Service is over. God bless.